Well, welcome back. The next guest here is my son, and he is in the uranium business. And I have to tell you, I was at Joseph Schachter's energy conference in Calgary just uh, two weeks ago, and I listened to him do a presentation to the room about why his company had shifted from being focused on gold to being focused on uranium. And then later the next day, uh, that, that day actually, Drew and I did one of those father-son walks along the side of the Bow River in Calgary. And he was telling me why he thought it was really important to shift away from gold, I mean, and go to uranium. And I knew at that time that I was going to be hosting this show, that Mike was going to be away. And I thought, I got to have Drew on the show to talk about uranium. So, Drew, welcome. Glad you're here. And Tell our listeners why you made the shift from gold to uranium. Yeah, first, thank you very much for, for having me on the show. And yeah, you're right. My my company, uh, Stallion Uranium, was focused uh, on gold. But a lot of things started happening you know, well over a year ago um, that sort of set the stage for us to move into the uranium space. And I think maybe it started with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and and just the attention that that brought to uh, energy security for a lot of nations and especially Western nations and especially those in Europe. But that sort of led to the initial uh, thinking about, you know, where we were going to continue to get our energy and, and how it was going to be made. So that along with, you know, the global push towards net zero by 2050 really brought uranium sort of back onto the center stage. And, it was through that time over the last year, year and a half now, that the public perception also really started to to change in uranium. That was, you know, a very important part of, of what was happening because uranium had been in a, you know, uh, a very bare market after the Fukushima disaster. A lot of nuclear reactors be, were turned off. So demand was, was down. There was a big oversupply of uranium. Mines were getting shut down. Um, but it's only been in the last few years that nuclear sort of had a, a renaissance. And, and the important part of that is people realizing that if we do want to get to net zero by 2050, nuclear power is probably the only way that we can, can get there. It's the uranium is one of the highest energy density uh, metals that we have out there. So being able to use that uh, sort of new momentum that was coming into the space and redirect our company uh, into that market, we thought made the absolute most sense right now because you had a decade of underinvestment after Fukushima, and now you had a new uh, demand growing. With you know, there's 436 nuclear reactors right now. There's 60 new being built, almost half of those in China. There's another 110 planned, and another 321 proposed. That's going to be the a, a doubling of nuclear reactors in the next decade uh, if they all go ahead. And, and we just don't have the supply available on the uranium side. And that's without introducing uh, the new SMR technology as well. So there was a lot of things that were starting to turn uh, in the industry to make nuclear look like it was going to be a very attractive place to be for the next several years or even next decade. So for us to get in and, and get in you know, relatively early, as we did a year ago, uh, is is really sort of the exciting side of it. And especially for us, we are a, a uranium exploration company. You know, we think the pipeline of available deposits of uranium 
just aren't there globally. So not only do we need the development of, of more uranium, but we also need to find a lot more. So it made it uh, make a lot of sense, even at the, the junior exploration side of things. Well, your timing seems to be pretty good. I mean, we've seen some of the, like the flagship uh, chemical has gone up uh, uh, very steeply. A lot of other uh, uranium plays have had a good run. Um, before I forget to mention, you are also going to be one of the speakers uh, presenting about your company, Stallion Uranium, at the World Outlook Conference uh, at the Western Bayshore in Vancouver in February next year. But um, there's a lot we can get to, but one of the key questions I have is you've dis- you're focused absolutely on the Athabasca Basin in Saskatchewan. Now, tell us why you, you made that decision. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we definitely are very focused on the Athabasca Basin. And there's, I mean, a whole list of, of reasons that we could go through on, on why that is. But, uh, I mean, the, the top few, one would be the, just the natural endowment that the Athabasca Basin has. So it's got grades that are, are 20 to 100 times uh, the grade of uranium found anywhere else and mined anywhere else in the world. And when we do find these deposits, they tend to be quite large as well. Um, the Athabasca Basin is producing close to about 15% of global supply already uh, right now. So it's an incredibly rich area. We know there's a lot of uranium there. And as an exploration company, we want to be somewhere where we know there's a, a lot of the, uh, the mineral or resource that we're looking for. The second, uh, and especially becoming more important in, in this day and age, is the geopolitical stability especially for Western nations that have a lot of uranium demand. Um, the fact that, you know, it's Northern Saskatchewan, uh, Central Canada, you know, we have a, a lot of allies uh, in the Western nations that would love to have a safe and secure source of uranium. And then the other big one for Stallion specifically was we have a, a team, uh, my three largest shareholders, um, have had a significant amount of success in the Athabasca Basin. They founded and uh, built out Rough Rider or the Rough Rider deposit in Hathor Exploration and sold that off a decade ago to Rio Tinto for $650 million. They put in foundational assets to NextGen and remain large shareholders there. So it was uh, a team behind me that, that understood the Athabasca Basin, uh, knew how it, how it worked and the success that you could have there and you know they gave us the the thumbs up to go into the basin and and become their next big exploration win and and that's what we're looking to do and and that's what we've done with building out the single largest uh exploration land package in the southwest basin around where next gen's going to be developing their rook 1 project so we think we've you know focused in on an area that is underexplored and and has a lot of potential to find the next biggest significant uranium deposit in the Athabasca basin you know, when people hear about uranium or they, they read that, you know, nuclear is going to be the way to go as we go down the road here into the future, uh, I think a, a common question has got to be, well, how do you get into the, the uranium space? I mean, and there's almost like a classic mining profile here. On the one hand, if it, let's say if it was gold, you know, you could buy a gold bar, you would call that physical. Well, you can go and get 
for with things like the the Sprott Uranium Trust, for instance, you could buy physical uranium. Uh, you could buy again, like in gold, the shares of a producing gold mining company. Well, you could do the same thing here in the uranium space. And the sector that you're in is the exploration phase, okay? And that's a, a common enough thing, certainly in in Canada, in, in the mining space. So uh, you've got maybe give me. Give me two minutes worth, if that, on uh, what it's like to be uh, in the exploration space or, or wh what do you think the trajectory of your company goes if things go well? Yeah, absolutely. No, as you mentioned, several ways to, to get into the uranium space. All have done you know, incredibly well with spot prices uh, doing very well over the last year and a half. So for us, you know, we are the early stage, you know, high risk, high reward. We think we continue to do the work to, to de-risk uh, our company as best we can. We have an incredibly large land package to give ourselves a lot of perspective opportunities for finding that next uh, high-grade uh, uranium discovery. Um, and, and that's you know what it, what it comes down to. We're a, a 20 million market cap right now, a company in our region, F3 Uranium, that made a recent discovery, went from 25 million to 150 million in three weeks on a discovery hole. That's the kind of reward that can come to these companies. And, and that was done with uranium prices at $48, not $73 that we have today. So we think the tailwinds behind the sector give us uh, a lot of opportunities to do very well. And then all of our own exploration work uh, and the potential of making that next uh, high-grade discovery in the basin give us a significant amount of upside. Uh, and like I say, being in, an, in a sector that's doing well sort of allows all companies to do well, but then those that are you know, doing good work and have good projects to do incredibly well. So we think that's where we're positioned and really excited and looking forward to the next uh, several months and the next couple of years. Well, thanks, Drew. That's uh, Stallion Uranium. The stock symbol on the Toronto Venture Exchange is STUD, S-T-U-D. And Drew will be at the World Outlook Conference uh, in February of next year at the Western Bayshore. And the focus of the World Outlook Conference this coming season is going to be on energy. There's going to be a number of energy uh, companies there telling their story. So we look forward to seeing you at the World Outlook Conference. Drew, thanks for taking the time to visit with us today. Absolutely. Looking forward to the conference and great to be on the show today.